This is Pat Evans with the Mint and Brew Podcast. Last week, Chip and Alexis were in town at Grand Rapids Brewing Company showing their documentary, Blood, Sweat, and Beers. So we sat down with them and chatted about what they learned on their nationwide search to interview brewers. We're here uh, with Chip and Alexis. You guys are screening tonight your documentary. Uh, blood, sweat, and beer. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about your your past, uh, because I found that to be kind of an interesting part of your story, was how you ended up coming up with this idea to make a documentary on beer. Why pick, why were you going to craft beer bars all over the country? Sure. Um, so Alexis and I made a documentary uh, right when we graduated college. Our first film, it's called The Dream Share Project. And uh, it's an inspirational film about people with their dream jobs. So we talked like an astronaut, entrepreneurs, uh, a craft brewer actually in New Orleans. Um, so making that film, we found that the good market for it was colleges, sort of as like an inspirational thing to help students figure out their dreams. So we've actually traveled to over 200 colleges with that film to do screenings and workshops. And uh, everything, you know, our favorite thing to do when we travel to a new college town is to check out the local craft beer bar or brewery. So that was how this whole thing kind of got started, is how we started going to craft beer bars. But Yeah, and then so we had wrapped up that first documentary. We had just wrapped up um, our first book, Build Your Dreams, and we were kind of looking for a new project. And we were actually at Sun King in Indiana. We were visiting a bunch of schools in Indiana. And we were about to go on a tour, and we were like, oh, we should make a movie about beer. That sounds so fun. Like, everywhere we're going, there's so many breweries. There's so much growth. There has to be some good stories to tell. So were you guys craft beer fans before all of this, or was this... Yeah, definitely. We both, we love beer. We're like huge fans of it. That's a, like I said, it's our favorite thing to do is to check out local craft beer everywhere we go. Um, so we've, the last couple of years, we're from Maryland, um, but we've been living in Delaware for the last couple summers, which is like 20 minutes from the Dogfish Head Brewery. So that was our spot. Like, and that's how we kind of really fell in love with craft beer and all the different flavors is drinking all the different awesome dogfish beers and then uh, just experimenting from there. Yeah. There was also, um, there was like a restaurant and a brew pub down the street from where I went to college. I went to University of Maryland. So Franklin's and Hyattsville, <laughs> if anyone goes. But um, so that was like once all my friends turned 21 senior year, like you could get really good beer there for like $4 a glass. <laughs> and then on like Thursday night, they had like specials and stuff. So we'd go there all the time. And I feel like that was kind of like my introduction into drinking local beer. So... How did you find the two main subjects in this documentary? I find that to be kind of something of interest because there's breweries starting all over the place. How did you find these two, and then how did you pick these two out of probably... I mean, I know there's 2,000 in planning right now, so... Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Um, so making this film, we actually did over 100 interviews with different breweries all over the country from, you know, 14 different states I think we traveled to. Um, so that was one of the big challenges is like, how do you pick which stories to focus on? And after filming for, I don't know, maybe six months or something, we, we kind of had this realization that where the, the really compelling stories are is with startup breweries. Um, you know, with the big breweries, they've, they've made it or they're having some success. Their name is out there. 
which is great, and like that's why we all know and love those beers. But we thought it might be more interesting for a movie if there was someone who wasn't successful yet, um, who was like kind of betting everything on beer and hoping things are going to work out, and we're not really sure if they will or not. So that's where we got the idea to follow startups. And we met uh, the two breweries in the film are Backshore Brewing Company in Ocean City, Maryland, and the Brew Gentleman Beer Company in uh, Braddock, Pennsylvania, just outside Pittsburgh. So we met Danny, uh, the owner of Backshore, um, just as he was opening up. We like The first time we filmed was the ribbon cutting on the <laughs> historic uh, boardwalk of Ocean City, which we just thought was such a cool place to start a brewery, like literally brewing beer as you're watching the waves crash in. It doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> so we were kind of captivated with the scenery and the setting. And then once we met him, he's super energetic and enthusiastic and passionate and very funny like and candid, which was cool. Yeah. Like, you know, no sensor, he'll say whatever. You yeah, know. we were not getting like canned responses from right, him, right. which was like pretty cool. Refreshing. I mean, yeah, yeah, for the most part, I don't know. It's scary to have a camera in your face, and he yeah. was just yeah. like telling us stuff. He was like totally cool, yeah, cracking jokes. So we were like, hey, can we keep checking in on you in the first year of business? Like mm-hmm. right away, we were both kind of like, I feel like Danny, like he's going to be a good story. And then about three months into his business being open, that's when he got slammed with the trademark lawsuit. And that just kind of continued to escalate and escalate and escalate. Yeah, so we sort of knew that we had to follow that story through and find out what was going to happen with that lawsuit. So not something we planned on, but um, you know, made for a good story. And very timely yeah. in the industry right now. So a lot of yeah, lawsuits Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. And we met the other guys, the brew gentlemen, at a Cicerone exam in Washington, D.C. They were taking their exam, which we found out later that they passed, which was awesome because not everybody passes that. No. Um, so, and we were just struck, we met them like as they were leaving the exam and just started chatting with them and we were like, you guys are so young. They're like 22 years old (laughs) starting a brewery. It was definitely the youngest people we had ever met who were starting a brewery. So that was already intriguing. And then they said, yeah, come check out the brewery. Like the town we're doing it in is really unique. And we drove into Braddock and it's like driving into the set of like a post-apocalyptic movie. (laughs) I think they've actually filmed like that movie, The Road was filmed there. Um, cause it's just like, it's, you know, it's the rust belt, it's rust and ruin and abandoned houses and like trees growing through houses. And it's yeah. just kind of crazy. Um, the, the state of the town and we, those guys told us it was the mission of their brewery to revitalize that area and bring jobs and manufacturing back to the town. And we, the more we learned about the history of Braddock, it was like back in the day, it was the place to live. It was the site of Andrew Carnegie's first steel mill ever mm-hmm. in the country. Um, there's... I think the first library it was too. the first free public library is yeah. also in, in Braddock. The so there's these <laughs> yeah. yeah like really historic things going there, and then in like I think like the 70s or something when all the steel jobs turned automated or went overseas, the whole town's economy just collapsed and everybody moved out, and um, eventually like gangs and like drugs and like violence and stuff moved in. But in the last like 10 years, the town is really like. You know, it had hit rock bottom and now is starting this resurgence of trying to rebuild from nothing. And there's a really cool mayor there. His name is John Fetterman. Um, He's just crazy larger than life guy. He's like 300 pounds, (laughs) but he's he's got tattoos, but he's a Harvard graduate too. And he's got like the zip code tattooed on one arm. And then he's got the name of every person that's died in Braddock under his watch on the other arm tattooed. So, I mean, he's just like, he really is kind of like this larger than life guy and he's in the film as well. So all these different little elements we really hooked onto us. It's like, this is a good story that we need to tell. Cool. And then throughout it, 
you've got the bigger name uh, brewers. How did you, you know, get in touch with them? I mean, probably just PR people or just reaching out to them in general, right? Oh, yeah. Well, what was awesome was um, setting up interviews at breweries was so easy. Mm -hmm. And everyone is so nice and friendly, probably because the industry is, like, rocking right now. Um, So, yeah, we had a lot of fun getting to talk to a bunch of different people all over the country. Yeah. And um, so we, in addition to those personal stories, we have, like you said, uh, like industry experts from the larger breweries. And we like kind of, we would notice these commonalities or common trends or themes in all the interviews that we did. And we would try to piece those together to like explore a certain aspect of the beer industry for each of these little sections in the film. So, I mean, we talk about just like the statistics on the overall growth and how crazy it is. I mean, 1.2 breweries open per day Mm -hmm. in the country, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. Um, Now we have over 2,700 breweries or almost 3,000. That's more, I think it's more than we had pre-prohibition now, which is also crazy. So we explored that stuff. We also explored this question of like, is there a bubble? Like, is there a Mm -hmm. ceiling to this growth? Um, Are we going to get to a point where we're saturated and it kind of collapses? So we kind of touch on that a little bit. We also talk about like diversity in the beer industry and how, you know, the, the sort of image goes that it's just like, you know, white dudes with long beards is like what everyone thinks of when it comes to craft beer and why is that? And it's kind of interesting exploring that stuff. We found out that like in the 1400s or yeah, 1300s, it was predominantly women mm-hmm. who were the brewers, like 92% of, of brewers were women and now it's like 10% of brewers are women. So it's kind of interesting to see how the, you know, beer industry has changed over time trying to think what else we explore is that all the sections yeah i guess maybe i should ask you don't have to talk at length about it but i want to know a little bit about what your thoughts are on the bubble and what you Mm -hmm. guys discovered during that because i have a question that comes up afterwards um so yeah we talked i mean every interview we did that was always a question it was so funny to say like everyone's different reactions Mm -hmm. and like some people were like rolling their eyes like no way like we're totally fine but I think in my opinion that we're going to continue to see growth like I know one of the quotes from the Brewers Association is there's about 7,000 wineries Mm -hmm. in the U.S. and we're like what 3,000 breweries so I still see there's room for that growth something that really struck both of us um, we interviewed Hugh Sisson of Heavy Seas Brewing Company in Baltimore and he's been in the business since the 80s and you know weathered (laughs) those storms seen the growth seen the boom and bust in the 90s and he said that it's not so much that all these breweries are going to close one day it's going to be that people opened up a small business eight years down the line they're going to be making forty thousand dollars working hundreds of hours a week and just be like i can't do this anymore it's too hard yeah i can i can see how that could because it's such a a big dream to open like a bricks and mortar business like a restaurant a brewery a bar stuff like that and in theory it sounds so fun but there is so much money on the line and so much like manual labor involved with all the logistics of running a business Uh yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens um one of the things that kept coming up that i kind of agree with is that there's almost certainly not going to be another like Sam Adams or Sierra Nevada on that large scale. And that competition at like the national distribution level is probably going to get a lot tighter. And even Mm -hmm. some of the regional, the bigger regional ones like might be really competing for shelf space. And there probably is a limit to that amount of growth. Um, But at the same time, I do think that there is a lot more opportunity at the local level. Um, I think 
people really love going to a spot where they know the beer is being produced locally and it's serving like you know one city or one town and maybe there's a couple breweries in that town i think there's room for that um it'd be interesting to see like alexa said the economics of that like is that feasible you know 10 years from now right. if if you're making you know a couple bucks per glass of beer like can you pay the bills can you put like kids through college on a mm-hmm. on a salary like that i'm not quite sure so it'll be interesting to see in like 10 years from now i wonder i think some people will have figured out that right model and others will just be like eh, maybe it's time to try something else <laughs> yeah i mean i I ask that because I've, I've been reading a lot, and obviously I talk to a lot of brewers about the same thing, and that question always pops up, um, not as much as it used to, uh, but a lot of what it is is you hear brewers saying that the market share can grow a ton, but a lot of that share is going to go to the brewers that are already big in there, like Founders or Sierra Nevada and New Belgium, obviously. And um, The other thing is, is and I want to... Because you guys talk to probably, I mean, like you said, hundreds of brewers. Uh, where do you see professionalism in this industry? And that goes back almost to the sexism type stuff. Um, the big breweries are big companies and act like it. How? Where do you see that have, playing into that role? Like the smaller breweries, some of them probably treat it like a real business. Others treat it like a fun job, which it is, but. Where do you see, is that going to be an important factor in the long run? Oh, I think that's such a good, interesting question. We actually, I'm just thinking of, we interviewed Maureen Ogle, Mm -hmm. um, another beer historian like yourself, and we had like an hour-long conversation with her, and she was saying that there's this like weird clash in the industry right now, because, right, so it's this... And it started out as, like, homegrown, local, rebellion, like, rock and roll. But then, to a certain extent, like, if you want to continue to grow, Mm -hmm. most businesses do in the United States, like, you have to, like, kind of get, like, a business corporate culture to some degree. So, I don't know. I think that's... I don't know, because we don't know what's going to happen, right? It's going to be a time will tell kind of philosophy, I guess. I'm going to go back to your background and get into making documentaries why are you guys doing this for a living and i have to imagine it's fun yeah Um. (laughs) our illusions have been dashed (laughs) uh let's see so neither alexis or i studied film in any official capacity um the first one the dream share project that we made was we basically out of college we got desk jobs um lucky to get those a couple months out (laughs) Um, you know, we were like doing the thing, like living at home, like, you know, commuting every day, cubicle kind of thing, living for the weekend and like pretty quickly sucked the soul out of us like about six months into it. Um, obviously for some people that's like a dream come true. It just wasn't working for us. We're both pretty creative and felt kind of stifled by that. So we saved up money for about a year and then planned this road trip in which we would interview people who did have their dream jobs and be like, how did you figure out what your dream was and how did you turn it into something you can pay the bills with? So that was the whole genesis of the first one. Uh, And we were also noticing that our friends were going through similar kind of like quarter life crises where right out of college just feeling like, oh man, like what am I supposed to do with my life? Um, So that was why we made that film. And we, you know, we didn't really know what we were doing. We had little flip cameras that we filmed everything on, which surprisingly turned out pretty good. Um, 
So yeah, we just sort of figured everything out technology-wise and story-wise as we went along. And that's the cool thing about this era is like with the internet, you can teach yourself any skill that you forgot to get during college or high school or wherever. So we just kind of pieced it together and then really grew it. Like to, we kind of fell in love with this art of making movies and then and then we're like let's get real cameras for the next movie and like do a better job that was definitely like a driving force too it was like okay we did this like with foot cams we need nothing we're just like testing it out basically like what if we try and go like a little bit higher and a little bit better and like see what happens yeah definitely it was like a personal challenge as well i think yeah but it's definitely it's like we're talking about the challenges that brewers face it like it's fairly challenging to make a movie on your own with just two people oh it's so hard i don't want to complain too much but you know um like big hollywood movies have like you know 20 people and everyone has their job like you're the camera guy you're the editor you're the sound guy you're the publicist once the movie's done so with just you know alexis and i are the only ones making all of this film and wearing all those different hats so we've gone from the real creative process of filming and editing to now going into like all right well it's done we gotta like tell figure out you know, we, gotta, we gotta tell as many people as we can about it we spent yeah. two years making it and let's try to get the word out in a big way um so yeah that's why we're excited to be screening it here in grand rapids and hopefully a bunch of other places coming up so you guys are on the road a lot, like yes. just found out you guys have a quick turnaround tomorrow morning to go to sh- catch a plane sh- in Chicago to go to California. Um, what's it like? I mean, you, a road trip for your first documentary, assuming another one for this movie, and now all the screenings and the 200 colleges for the last one. What's it like to basically live life on the road for a couple months at a time? <laughs> That's what we always joke about. We're like, we're like an indie band, like passing up flyers, like, come to our show, come to our show. <laughs> Um, I don't know. It's pretty fun, actually. I would say we both really enjoy traveling. And what's cool about um, sharing the movie with a bunch of people that enjoy beer is that, like, everyone is so friendly and nice and wants to chat. And we have that, like, common ground to start a conversation with. It's pretty fun. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, it doesn't get much better than you made a movie about beer and now you get to travel to all these breweries <laughs> and festivals and, and show people your movie about beer and maybe enjoy a beer while you're watching it kind of thing. Uh, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty amazing. And yeah, like Alexis said, we can't get enough of travel and exploring new cities and things like that. So yeah, very lucky to be doing this. Now we just need to figure out how we can pay for it all. That's the one That's the one part we sometimes worry about. We look at our yeah. bank account and we're like, oh boy. <laughs> well, I watched the trailer and it's gorgeous. Oh, I have thanks. to say that. Other people want to watch it. Um, we're hope- hoping to release it by the end of the year mm-hmm. on our website. And then we also want like Netflix, iTunes, Hulu, all that stuff if we can. So if you'd like to see it there, like... I don't know. Send them a tweet. Tweet tweet at them. Tell them to pick it (laughs) up. Tell Netflix you want to see Blood Sweat Brew. That's our Twitter handle. It actually does really help us when people do that. Really? Oh, yeah. And follow us on Facebook. That's, like, super helpful for getting a follower. Exactly. (laughs) We were talking to a distributor, and she was, like, looked at our Facebook page and was, like... We're really going to want to get these numbers up. I was like, we're trying. So, like us on Facebook. We're we're, uh, Blood Sweat Beer, the movie. Blood Sweat Beer, the movie. Easy to find. Oh, here's another thing. Um, If you do get the movie on our website, you can use coupon code BEERME, (laughs) and you get 20% off for for doing that. So, definitely do that. Bloodsweatbeermovie.com. Now I thought of one of the questions I thought of. Uh, what was your favorite interview aside from your two subjects? I mean, who, who 
big did you talk to that you liked? Who small did you talk to that you liked? What what were the interesting findings, I guess, um, during your, your endeavor? Well, I definitely remember one sort of like really kind of crazy coincidence or serendipity moment was we had emailed Charlie Papazian from the you know, founder of the Great American Beer Festival, author of uh, The Complete Joy of Homebrewing. Um, what else did he do? Started the Brewers Association. <laughs> like, you know, he's like... Pretty much everything, everything. big. And all the, all the big stuff, yeah. yeah. So we had emailed him because we were going to be in Boulder in a couple weeks where the Brewers Association is, and we were, you know, fingers crossed that he would agree to an interview. Later that night, having sent this email from... Uh, Maryland or the Washington D.C. area where we were, we went to a bar called Blue Jacket to film a local homebrew club who was having a meeting there. And then midway through the night filming, people, all the homebrewers start leaning in and whispering to one another and pointing at this this bearded individual over in the corner who was Charlie Papazian, who <laughs> happened to be in D.C., happened to wander into that bar and. We talked to him that night, and he's like, oh, I got your email. I meant to respond, but I was on, <laughs> I was on the plane today or whatever, coming here. Um, yeah, like, come interview us or interview me in a couple uh, couple weeks when you're out in Boulder. So it was just, I mean, the odds of that happening were pretty astronomical. It was yeah. pretty, pretty crazy. So, that you know, you get little signs like that, and you're like, okay, maybe we're on the right path with this movie. Like, things are conspiring in our favor. But, um, yeah, what else? Other favorite interviews? Um, well, since we're going to California, I'm remembering our California interviews right now. Um, yeah, we spoke with Patrick Rue at the brewery, which was super cool. And I'm pretty sure he told us that he was in law school and hated it <laughs> and decided to make a brewery, which I, like, love that story. Um, we also spoke with... Um, we were at Firestone Walker, and we actually include Matt Brindelson's interview in the film. He was awesome to chat with, like, loved everyone there. Super fun. Oh, yeah, you could just, like, when we talked to Matt, you could just see the passion. Like, he's so excited to yeah. be in the industry and, and, like, makes really good beer. But uh, the brewery was awesome, too, because they gave us, like, four bottles to take from the uh, their reserve society. So we tell people that, and they're, like, so jealous. They're like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Jealous. <laughs> yeah, so we've been strategically popping them at, like, different moments. So, like, we finished the film. Pop one of the brewery bottles. Yeah. Like, you know, we're doing our first screening. Pop the next one. And we still got one. We're holding we out for, like, for, like, Netflix. If, like, Netflix took the movie, okay, we can pop that. Gray Monday. Yeah. That'll be good. <laughs> What uh, did you watch any other brewing documentaries uh, to prep for this? Um, which ones? Yeah, shaking your heads. Yes. Which ones? And then how did that influence or shift your story away from anything? Yeah. So um, I think we were like it was again like the first two weeks that we started like seriously doing interviews, and we were at. Um, Fordham Old Dominion mm -hmm. and we were talking to the brewery there Walt and he was like oh have you guys seen the movie Beer Wars we're like no what's Beer Wars <laughs> <There's another laughs> so we went home movie. and watched it on Netflix and it's so awesome. yeah super that's again like the entrepreneur's journey right. um, so and it follows um, Sam Calgion from Dogfish and like Chip said we were living like 20 minutes away from Dogfish. So I think that kind of like scared us off. We were like, oh, we don't want to like make the same movie. So we never talked to them. Right. Yeah. We did an interview <laughs> Dogfish. Because, uh, you know, also they're in like, they have like a show where Sam oh, yeah. was on it, you know, on Discovery Channel. We, we found that later yeah. too. Yeah. 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 canceled it. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
people want to bring it back, I'll film it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds awesome. Um, but yeah, so we had seen Beer Wars and we were like, let's take a little bit different look at it than that. Um, yeah, and hers is very, have you, have you seen mm-hmm. Beer Wars? Yeah, so that was like very big beer right. mm-hmm. versus the small entrepreneurs. And it was kind of funny because I almost felt like, I think that came out in like 2008 or 2009. Yeah, before the recent. Yeah, so we started in the summer of 2013. And although that is definitely obviously like big beer makes up the majority of you know sales in the country we were both kind of like it's kind of different now yeah you know like big beer isn't as cool right. as it was so we were kind of like this is like the entrepreneur is like 2.0 of this so yeah definitely and we i've heard that there's a couple other documentaries that either recently came out or are mm-hmm. coming out very soon but we haven't seen any of the other we ones. saw a short um, oh, that's right. uh at our very first film festival we did a rough screening at snob somewhere north of boston <laughs> film yeah. festival in uh concord new haven or i'm sorry new in new hampshire and uh there was a little short that they showed before us about some local breweries. About, yeah, and they're, they're it was making called Brew Hampshire. Brew Hampshire. Which I thought was a cute name. Yeah. yeah, they're gonna they're making a feature yeah. documentary about New Hampshire breweries called Brew Hampshire, which should be pretty good. And the, they were so nice. They were also we like yeah. a couple, like just doing everything and making yeah. the film. So it's cool to see all these awesome beer movies coming out. Yeah, there's one came out last year, two years ago. Michigan. There's oh, a yeah. Michigan beer movie. Michigan beer, beer film. Yeah. yeah. Or movie film. One of those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've heard about that. I haven't seen Good. it yet. Um, so screenings, how do you, how, you know, all the breweries are, were receptive to being interviewed. How are the screenings going and getting those set up and are people, I mean, I know Nick reached out to you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is that happening a lot or? Yeah. So on our website, we just put up this screening request form. Um, just, you know, we just put it up one day. We're like, maybe people want to see it in their towns. But we, we get like one uh, every other day, I would say, or sometimes like one every day, uh, like a request for a different like city who wants to screen it. and sometimes it's people just saying like I'm a fan I'd love to see it in Raleigh North Carolina and uh, other times it's you know folks like Nick or like hey I've got a venue like let's do this thing right. and put it on so we're trying uh, the best we can to like figure out how to make all those work I think we have like I think we have like 20 or 25 screening dates at different like beer weeks and venues um, set up already or on the calendar and then we're trying to figure out a bunch more. Um, so yeah, it's pretty cool to know that people want to see it. And it's, I'm always surprised. It's just like random people, like beyond our circle yeah. of influence, which is really kind of flattering. I don't even know how they're hearing about it. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But I think it would be cool. We've been like kicking around different ideas. Um, so we're doing film festivals as well. And that's cool. Cause it's like a big event. So right. it's easy for lots of people to come see the movie, but we were talking like it could be really cool if we like planned our own tour of like all the breweries we interviewed that and we would like be really cool. screened it there because we went to so many different places that you'd be reaching so many people. Yeah. I think that'd be really fun. What are your What did you see while you you were making? It? I mean, when did filming end? Uh, let's see. So we started filming in April of 2013, mm-hmm. and continued filming for about a year, like all over the country. But we were actually filming with um, Danny from Backshore with this lawsuit. The lawsuit dragged on and on and on. And we actually, the last time we filmed the verdict of the lawsuit was February. So like two months ago. Okay, wow. Which was really uh, down to the wire because our first 
our world premiere is at the DC Independent Film Festival on March 1st. We filmed with Danny on like <laughs> February 20th. So like 10 days before the festival, we didn't have an end to the movie, to his story in the movie. So we cut it in like super fast. I like stayed up all night burning the Blu-ray and sent it to the festival. And wow. we got it in time. Uh, but yeah, it was really down to the wire. That lawsuit just kept dragging on and on and on. Yeah. So. Well, so the, I mean, trends in this industry happen quick. Oh yeah. And they develop quick. And what did you guys see in that year plus of trends that kind of shape, were shaped or developed or anything? I mean, what what beers did you watch kind of come out? And- oh yeah. So when we started, it was still in the midst of the IPA craze, yeah. like every, IPAs, and they're still obviously the most popular craft beer, but we saw sours kind of like rise up during our travels. It, like it wasn't too much at the beginning of filming and then like halfway through it, I remember everyone's like, yeah, I think sours are the new IPA. And that's sort of continued into now. I think they're definitely becoming one of the more popular styles. So that was a trend that emerged as yeah. we were filming and who knows if we'll be here next year or if there'll be something <laughs> new right. going on, so. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, and the other thing that was tough is the like any statistics we included in the movie are already dated. Right. Like <laughs> which I guess there's no avoiding that. But um and we always tried to like cite with the date so people, you know yeah. don't think like, Oh my gosh, there's only twenty seven hundred breweries when there's actually now there's like three thousand and yeah. it's gonna just keep going up and up every year, so huh. yeah. yeah. Trying to think, anything else? Mm, session IPAs, I guess. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It, yeah, because we were beginning. Yeah, I think there was a that's real. That's like definitely a newer. Yeah, which I appreciate a session IPA. Yeah, well, <laughs> as opposed to an eight eight percent alcohol IPA sometimes. Yeah, don't you feel much. like there there was like a tendency like you know America's like do it big, do it better, like let's make ten percent IPAs, oh, make fifteen percent IPAs, double IPAs, and now I think it's kind of like the uh, pendulum has swung to its extreme, and now it's kind of swinging back where it's like. I don't want to get drunk off of one beer. Let's make a. Let's go back to like five, six percent. It's almost yeah. like brewers realize that okay, Budweiser, Miller, they had something going with their four percent lagers. Yeah. yeah, maybe we should semi go back to that. Yeah, to something more sessionable. That's in my yeah, like Alexis said, my personal taste is more for the lower alcohols, right. not the the big crazy ones, because it would just be on the floor if you have <laughs> <Right>. two, <laughs> two of them. <laughs> So thanks so much for talking with us on your stop in Grand Rapids, and good luck on your the rest of your tour, and I can't wait to join you on a nationwide tour. Yeah. Uh, All right, let's do it. Come with us. You can be our chief promoter, beer taster, You can drive charge. our car. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> we'll be in the backseat with the posters, <laughs> throwing them out the window. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you. Bye.